Tom Brady passing the goat baton off to Patrick Mahomes. How long before Patrick Mahomes passes that off? Are we going to see another dynastic run now for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs? What are the Bears doing with the number one pick and minor league football? All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. That's where today's questions are coming from on this mailbag episode. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And yes, your team is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, pick two to six players now, actually. And if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 26 to- 25 times your money on that entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. I like this question from Jerry. Shout out Jerry, who is the has been the commissioner of the Peacock and Williamson Fantasy League for the last couple seasons. Uh, and Matt, we haven't shown out very well in that league. I think we got to put <laughs> a little bit more effort into it next year. Uh, but shout out to Jerry for doing that. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. And uh, he says 90 man rosters, final 30 or so are practice squad minor league team. Those not made available for the first team game to play the minor league game plays afterwards with development coaches stadium is already paid for boom developmental league who says no well people that have followed me know that this is one of my passions and i make the joke if i was king of the world i would have minor league football and then i'd start working on world peace and curing hunger across the world and (laughs) killer diseases and whatnot um I have not heard a good solution, and I'm not sure this is a good solution, but I kind of like the idea of playing that team. Seattle plays Miami, whatever, and you stay there and the team two comes out after, or you had mentioned at one point maybe the day before. But travel's a problem. You know, like... I mean, you know, like the USFL's kicking off now. There's, there's, There's eight teams in the USFL. Last year, they were all in Birmingham, Alabama. This year, I guess there's going to be four cities for the eight teams. So there will be some travel, but you can, it's not going all over the country. And how much, I'm sure the NFL has money to do it, but are you going to take two private jets to Seattle from Miami? You know what I mean? Or do you just play close games or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how that part would work. Yeah, in uh, the the idea of like the day of four, sort of like a high school JV varsity thing, you know, JV plays mm-hmm. on Thursday and varsity plays on Friday night. Um, but then you know the field conditions might be worse for the the NFL game, and you don't want that. So like playing after like probably right? makes more sense. But you're going to mm-hmm. hold up the plane and all the other teams. And there's, if you do it on another day of the week, it's so hard because 
the, the, the time you're is so weak is, is right. already so tight. And so you can't delay a, a flight an extra day. Are, are you just flying twice as many people? What about the other coaches? Because it would be such a great situation to get guys on the field and get them playing time instead of just mm-hmm. practicing throughout the week, the practice squad guys and having expanded practice squad rosters and, and uh, you know, developing another coach to be able to call plays and, and those types of things. I mean, it needs to happen. And, affiliation is so big i think for this because there's always been these minor league leagues and and i mean how many times do we have to see them fail before we realize it's not going to work for fans to be really into it they need affiliation and man i mean we're we're speaking to the hardcore football fan matt a a lot and especially on locked on 49ers i'm speaking to a lot of hardcore 49ers fans they know everybody on the roster they know everybody on the practice squad um they would watch those guys play football because they're affiliated when they would never tune in to the USFL or XFL or whatever. And by the way, the arena league is coming back too. has been sort of a, you know, a yeah. minor league in a way for, for the NFL. They've just like, never figured out a really good way to do it. But I think affiliation is so key to any of this for NFL fans. Me too. And the Pittsburgh Maulers are one of the USFL teams. I can't name one player on their team. Yeah. I have no idea. I have no interest in going. I don't you know. Whatever. But uh, let's stick to the Niners that in week one, see here, the way I think you should, it it should work is almost like baseball or hockey, but they wear bears uniforms and helmets and Seahawk uniforms and helmets. And the affiliated team, the minor league team is drivable. Like the Pittsburgh Penguins minor league team is Wilkes-Barre Scranton where the office was filmed in the middle of PA. So if you call up a goalie, he gets in a car and he drives to the team. You know what I mean? Like, It'd be close by. And some of my thoughts on it, or for example, I was going to mention the Niners. Like week one, Brock Purdy would probably be the starting quarterback of the baby Niners. You know what I mean? There was, yes. yeah. And, and people would be interested. Oh, Brock Purdy played really well. He tore yeah, up been like, Niners. wait, this Brock Purdy guy's got something, you know? Yeah, like, right. Should we call him the, up? Yeah. In the minor league. Yeah. This pitcher's mowing down everybody in the minors. Let's call him up. You know what I mean? Or, and my love for it is, you would have a totally different set of different set of coaches. You'd even have a GM or a, a liaison, I'm sure, between the, the big team and the little team. You'd run the same scheme. Be great for developing offensive linemen where there's a shortage. It'd be great for developing refs, coaches, minority coaches, if, you know, whatever. There's just more opportunities mm-hmm. because the college game's a lot different. I mean, that's the college game isn't exactly a minor league. And maybe you do it this way. Like I bet we could divide the NFL into four eight-team divisions. Like, think of your Niners. Who are the seven teams closest? For between Arizona and Seattle, those eight teams only play each other. You know, and they're all drivable or easy trips. You know, like Pittsburgh would play Philly, Buffalo, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and we could figure it out from there. Detroit, whatever. You know what I mean? And divide the country into four quadrants, and those are the the teams you play. And maybe they only play every other week or every 10 days, every Wednesday night, and it's on ESPN2. You know, people would watch it because it'd be a Steeler helmet versus a Niner helmet, you know? Right. It's sort of like, you know, the is it the Shrine game or the Senior Bowl? The Senior Bowl, they still do it where they wear their school helmets, right? But it's right, the right, right, right. Uniform. You yeah. could do it like that, too, where you don't have to have an entire roster from one affiliation, but you could have it mixed up. And, you know, yeah, I don't like that, though, because I want to develop my system. I want the the team secrets to be there, you know, like, and that's where Jerry's idea is so brilliant, I think. And I love Jerry's idea here with it with it just happening right after the game. 
and it doesn't yeah. have to be a full game necessarily. You know, you can play a couple of quarters maybe. Um, just just to even if it's almost scrimmage like in a way, but just a way to get guys reps of actual game play and not just practice. And then you could actually have entirely your system, your scheme, your mm-hmm. coaching staff, your um, developmental guys out there, guys that are switching positions, those types of things. Um, and yeah, I love it. What if they I mean, played on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, though? People would watch, you know, like, I don't know. No one's watching Sunday at six o'clock. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that would be the other thing is you just only, well, it's the travel. Cause you could play a, like, what if you played like the local college team? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just trying to think of a way that you could not travel and Tuesday after practice Tuesday night, those practice squad guys that the extra minor league team that you have could mm-hmm. play somebody you'd have to be traveling separately. And, and the cost would be huge for that. If you were traveling like to other cities and playing other teams, minor league teams in the middle of the week, and then you'd be missing a day of practice otherwise, and the coaches will be gone. And, and so that's where the timing starts to get really mixed up. If you're actually using your own coaches and your own players in a, in a day away from where you're normally practicing. Now they're not getting the practice either. So th- that's what makes it, tough if you're traveling twice a week yeah or maybe they play 10 games a year as opposed to 17 or you know what i mean they every they have a 10 day break in between in case a guy gets called up or Mm -hmm. you know and again i think that'll be bus trips or short plane rides because you keep them all local to some degree you know you try to keep them as in areas of the country um and this would not replace the practice squad though because the big teams need the practice squad players so they can practice. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the the NFL rosters would say exactly the same. It would be a totally different affiliate and you'd probably have some crash Davises that spend their whole career in the minors, you know, mm-hmm. but they're, they're good leaders. They're ambassadors for the big team. You know, like, I don't know. I think there's something there. Affiliation is key, man. You, you got to have teams that fans of teams have to be able to watch their guy in any yeah. of these minor developmental leagues. And I think it has to be kind of like you said, like I want him top to bottom in Seahawks gear because he's owned by the Seahawks. The team is owned by the Seahawks and they're just the baby Seahawks or whatever. You know what I mean? And you get a lot of football players and more guys would develop. There'd be more Kurt Warner stories, you know? Right. Next, let's talk. Chicago Bears, number one overall pick. What are they doing with that one? Uh, sounds like Justin Fields is going to continue to be their guy, and they are fielding offers for the number one pick in the 2023 NFL draft. And Patrick Mahomes now, he is the number one quarterback in the NFL for how long? Is there another Tom Brady-like run happening right now with the Kansas City Chiefs, just like there was with the Patriots? Next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Uh, so excited to have the new sports betting partner, by the way, for the Locked On Podcast Network with FanDuel because they are the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. There's so many ways and so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can get the uh, the... The no sweat first bet betting on Super Bowl 57. Uh, you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win with the no sweat first bet. 
FanDuel lets you bet on everything. Of course, there's point spreads for the big game, and there's money lines, and uh, who scores the first touchdown in the Super Bowl. Tons of Super Bowl props. There's NFL draft props as well, and of course, every other sport out there you can find at FanDuel. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. It is Senior Bowl week. Matt and I are going to start diving into the Senior Bowl coverage tomorrow, talking NFL draft. Locked on is heading to the Senior Bowl as well. Get inside analysis from hosts that covered the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday live shows this week. So you can go back and watch the ones that you haven't seen yet. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific for those live shows from Mobile, Alabama. All right, Matt. We got a question from, uh, if I can find it, we got questions everywhere. This one's from James. He says, Tom Brady was the GOAT QB for 15 years, and might even more than that, until Mahomes overtook him recently. How long until we see a quarterback overtake Mahomes. I, I do have uh, I do have one caveat here, James, and this is not just you. Yeah, I got some questions about this question. Well, goat. There's only one goat, greatest of all time. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. You, you don't have a field of goats roaming around, right? You, there's one goat. <laughs> there's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, to me, it's still Jerry Rice. But um, you know, Tom Brady's that guy, right? So, best quarterback in the NFL currently is Patrick Mahomes, and he's on a he's on a crazy career path right now. He's on, a, he's on a career path that puts you in a special wing in the Hall of Fame along with guys like Tom Brady. And I think we both agree, Matt, that he's the, the number one guy in the NFL. Oh, Patrick yeah, yeah, Moore. yeah. Okay. So I'm not exactly sure what the question is. because uh, The question is how long until we see a QB overtake Mahomes? Overtake Mahomes. Because I want to throw out some Brady things because kind of like we talked about yesterday or the day before, overtaking Brady as the GOAT, the greatest of all time at his position, is probably going to be harder to do than overtaking Rice or Gretzky or, you know, I mean, anyone else. And I am just wanted to throw this out just as a little Brady appreciation. So there's been 15 quarterbacks in the history of the league that have won double-digit playoff games. Winning playoff games is really hard, right? You know, I mean, winning double-digit playoff, 10 or more playoff games in your career. Wow, that that's really an accomplishment. And most of those dudes are Hall of Famers. Besides Brady, your boy Joe Montana has 16 playoff wins, which is most non-Brady of the league. Wow, Joe Montana won 16 playoff games. Tom Brady won 35. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. he has seven rings. No franchise in the league has seven rings. You know, yeah, but he's got, like, the most interceptions ever, too, right? And sacks. Yeah. <laughs> right. So Mahomes has not passed goat status. Is it Tom Brady's still goat? So like you know right, you're, right. he hasn't passed that baton yet. Best in the league currently is Mahomes. Exactly. Uh, so the question is more like uh, is Mahomes going to go on a 15 year run like Brady? And if if we're talking about Mahomes in 10 years like we talked about Brady, I would not be shocked. Like I, I don't over I, I don't see anybody overtaking Mahomes like anytime soon. And there's a lot of really talented quarterbacks in the NFL. How could you project someone to be better than Mahomes with what he's doing right now? Right. And I think that's the question. Like the way this question is phrased, Tom Brady was not the number one best quarterback in the league year after year after year for 15 years, where mm -hmm. I think Mahomes is doing that. You, I mean, 
over that 15-year stretch, yeah, Brady was the best. You know, he had the best 15-year stretch of any of those guys. But he wasn't number one. You know, Mahomes is number one. And I think the gap is getting even wider. I thought Allen was nipping on his heels, and yeah. I'm starting to think that that's not true, or Burrow, or whomever. Mm-hmm. Could some phenom hit the league? You know, one of these guys next year that's supposed to be the first overall hit pick? Could be. I mean, that's possible. Brock but Purdy, <laughs> pick it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Trubisky. Uh, you know, I think it's unlikely in the next five years i mean projecting the next 15 is crazy or the next 10 he already has five plus in the book but if you ask me matt who do you think the best quarterback is going to be in 2028 i'm saying Mahomes. right oh absolutely I, i'm taking yeah. that i'm taking that all day long i don't care what the odds are and yeah. here's the thing is how long will he play I mean, is he going to play till mm-hmm. he's 45 we've never seen that before so when when, when he's done and hangs him up if he stops playing at 35 years old 10 years short of brady is he going to have the rings is he going to have where you'd say oh he was the greatest quarterback of all time i mean that's gonna be 36 playoff wins right yeah exactly (laughs) way though like i mean he just rolls into the afc championship game every single year it's pretty wild what what mahomes is doing that's what leads me actually to my question to kind of uh, along these lines, because people have been asking me this lately and I never really gave it any thought. The word dynasty isn't, you know, uh, defined. You know, if you win X amount next year, you're a dynasty. I've been asked, are the Chiefs a dynasty? And I'm leaning towards yes, especially if they win next sad- Sunday. I mean, yeah. multiple it, multiple titles is key in a in a, yeah. you know, in a in a short amount of time. And you could project out. I kind of look at it as a, a decade or, or a 10 year period. You know, mm-hmm. if you're winning multiple titles in a 10 year period, and you're always in the playoffs. Um, you know, that's a that's that's a dynastic run. Me, too. I mean, five straight championship appearances to me is pretty darn close to a dynasty. As long as you mix in a Super Bowl or two. Like, I won't say the Bills go into the Super Bowl four years in a row as a dynasty, though, because you got to at least win one or two in that stretch. I mean, oh, you yeah. got to have some rings, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think this is a dynasty. Yeah. The, yeah. If I would say criteria for dynasty, number one, multiple rings. Okay. So if they don't win Sunday, we can't yet no say dynasty, but no. they might be back next year. You know, right. you know I mean? They're not going away, you know? Yeah. And I also think you can't have any bad years in there. Like, Oh, wow. They were at the AFC championship five or six years, but the other year they won three games and I'm like, yeah, ah, I mean, unless yeah, disaster happens, right. Mahomes if, gets hurt and, you know, turns an ACL and it's like, okay, yeah. well, um, real quick here, Las Vegas question about Las Vegas quarterbacks. NFL draft Dodger says, how big of a factor is brand name for Las Vegas and landing their next quarterback? Seems that given the city, they would want a Brady or a Rogers. This question was put out the day before the, that Tom Brady retired. So talking about more Aaron Rodgers probably now, um, said would, would a Brady or a Rogers more than a Stroud or Levis on the back of that Jersey make more sense for a team like Las Vegas more than others. Maybe more than others. Yes. I mean, they're new to the fan base, the, by NFL standards, they were hurting for money. COVID really was bad timing for them. New stadium, the move, all that. They didn't have as much money cash as other teams. It's the nature of the city. I think, you know, once flash, I mean, I've said this a bunch about the Rams. I I think the way that they're built has something to do with the city they're in, you know, the star power, the Showtime Lakers, Donald, Stafford, you know, golf wasn't as fun. So put Stafford in there with some more stars. I think Vegas is similar. 
I don't know those cities as well as you do, but there's just a lot more going on. You know, Green Bay doesn't need Rodgers or Favre. They've had them. Bills don't need Allen or Kelly. They've had them, but they'll love their team no matter what and fill up the stadium. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think sports is a little bit different. There, there's you, you are fighting with a lot of big, grand shows and, and right, stuff in right. Las Vegas, and I get that idea, but it's still it's pro football. I, I don't think mm-hmm. it matters as much for. And actually, Dave Ziegler, the GM of the Raiders, yesterday in a press conference, sort of kicking off the off season, I believe, answered that question, and he's like we're going to build this thing through the draft. We need to draft and develop players. So it sounded like he was maybe not super um, into going with the big name quarterback and maybe building that thing naturally. So we'll see what that looks like for the Las Vegas Raiders going forward. So as the other thing I was going to say is, but you could certainly make mistakes. Like if I'm the GM, I don't care what city I'm in. I'm trying to build a winner, you know, because I'm going to get fired if I don't, you know I mean? I'm going to do whatever's best for the team, you know, in order to win games. Justin Fields. Bryce Young, maybe uh, Will Anderson, or how about a haul of a trade for the Chicago Bears with the number one pick next? Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy, and it is daily fantasy made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to twenty-five times your money on any entry. That's it. It is super easy. You look for Mahomes passing yards projection at prize picks for the Super Bowl. And you say, I think he's going to throw for more yards than that. And that's one of your picks. You pick another player more or less than their prize picks projection. And you're ready to go Two. all you need is two. And you pick two to six players and you can multiply your money faster. The more players you get right with the more or less than their prize picks projections. And there's prize pick projections on every sport you watch because this is daily fantasy we're talking nfl of course but when the nfl season is over every single day nba major league baseball spring training is going to get going here in february college hoops wnba esports nascar tennis mma boxing even sports like disc golf and cricket if that's your thing you can find projections at prize picks so download the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50 more to play with. So don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's go back to the Twitter mailbag here. And we've got a yeah. question from... Josh, and uh, I'm going to add to this question because we've gotten a few questions about the Bears over the course of the last couple weeks here. And, you know, we're, we're digging a little bit more in draft season as we go, and we'll be in full draft season mode after the Super Bowl. Uh, Josh says, if the Saints called up the Bears and offered them Marcus Lattimore, the corner, their first round pick, which they just got for Sean Payton, which is 29th in the first round, and Ryan Ramchek, offensive tackle for the number one pick, do the Bears say no? Hmm. This is interesting because I love where Josh's mind is because you know the the forever cap you know the the cap gymnastics of the Saints could they fix their cap situation and go get their quarterback all in one move whereas right. the Bears have more cap space than anybody in the league and really need a lot of talent especially especially offensive tackle and they could stay in the first round as well the question would be can they get more for the number one overall pick than pick twenty nine a starting corner who's really good in Marcus Lattimore and uh, mm-hmm. starting off to tackle who's really good in Ryan Ramchick. It is interesting because I immediately went to salary cap as well. You know, the, the saints are always, always, always up against it. Always maxing out their credit cards. The bears have more money than they can truly spend, you know, and these guys are worth the money. 
Who I wish that 29th was 12th, though. You, you know what I mean? Because right. then the Bears are getting no premium players in this draft. I mean, that's a long wait. You know, you're picking 29 and then 32 or whatever. I wish there was more premium young guys. Not that Ramchek and Lattimore are old, but I would say, they're yes, their, they're in their prime, but I wish they were two or three years younger for right. this deal. You know what I mean? Like, I wish and, they were ascending. And it would be a full rebuild for the Saints, too, in this case. Right. You're, the Saints right. are like, okay, well, we're not going to win. We need to go get a quarterback. And, and that's what it's all about for the Saints. It, it makes sense for both teams. Mm-hmm. I think the Bears could possibly get more uh, reports recently this week or that the, the Bears, and it's not surprising, the Bears are going to go with Justin Fields. He's their guy. So, right. Number one overall pick officially is for sale. We kind of already knew it was going to be. Is there that quarterback worth going all the way up to get? Would the Texans even go from two to one to try to thwart any other teams that might come up, like the 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 Titans or the Raiders? The Colts at four to me is the most obvious. Yeah, right. The Colts, and if you're the Bears, you would love to stay in the top four because mm-hmm. if there's two quarterbacks to go, and then you're guaranteed one of those top defenders, which would be really nice on their defensive line as well for Matt Eberflus. So um, there, it's going to be fun this draft season, knowing the number one pick is almost assuredly going to be traded so i like josh's way of thinking here too because oh by the way that's also a offensive tackle and corner they're not guards and linebackers and running backs they're premium yes. positions that are an offensive tackle is such a big one right for, for the fields would say thank you you know obviously but i bet when it's all said and done they get a better package like if you go to one to four and end up with jalen carter or will anderson and you get next year's first and maybe this year's second, I think that's a better deal than what Josh is presenting here. You think that? So, uh, or whatever it ends up being. From four to one, let's see. So it'd be for sure the number four this year, first round next year to go yeah. up from four. Just that, let's say if it's just And I'm that listening long. if that's the only thing on the table. If that's the offer, is that better than than this Saints trade? I think so, because I'm still staying in the top five. You know, I'd going all the way down to the Saints pick is rough to me. And they could go and this and the I mean, I, I, there's not necessarily Marcus Lattimore or Ryan Ramchick level players in free agency, but the Bears can do both. They can leverage that mm-hmm. first overall pick, get a lot for it and then still just go sign people in free agency. You know, they can sign the next right. back. They can sign the best offensive tackle. That's maybe not as good as Ryan Ramchick, but they can still get a good offensive tackle. The, yeah, they still have a lot of earning power, obviously. So. I like the thought. It made me think, but I think in the end, no. Josh has another one here I want to ask, throw out if you don't mind. Yeah. He sent it directly to me, but he. he By the way, Josh is the Jerry Rice of question askers. That's that's (laughs) That's him. Yep. 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 And it's his initials. Look at that, JR. Um, (laughs) He asked me directly, what's your earliest Super Bowl memory? While you think of yours, if you have one, mine's actually very obvious because it's the first football game I really remember. I was born in 1973, so it's not hard to figure out that the Steelers of the 70s were pretty big in my town as I was growing up in my very, very formidable years. You know, the Steelers have been awful forever, and now they're a powerhouse as I learn to crawl and walk and know what the heck's going on in the world. And I believe that's why I do what I do for a living. But I don't remember their first couple Super Bowls. I do remember their fourth one, though. We were at a huge party at my uncle's place. And my whole family was there. And I, you know, they, that was like 1980, the game was played. So I was seven. And I know I was at the other Super Bowl parties for four of the six years that they won. 
but I didn't know what a first down was or care when somebody caught the pass or if they won. I just cheered when people cheered and I probably had a Terry Bradshaw jersey on or whatever. But I, I remember vividly watching Steelers Rams as a seven-year-old intent on every play. Uh, mine is the same decade, but the end of the decade. And okay, I bet. I mean, growing up in California, my family was San Francisco 49ers, San Francisco Giants, you know. Sure. And in 88 and 89, uh, I don't remember the early 80s Super Bowls for the 49ers, but 88, 89, the 49ers go back to back. And the San Francisco Giants were in, in the World Series in 1989. It's like, it was perfect. I was at the perfect okay. age, super into picking my teams, picking my sports, picking my players. So in baseball, it was Will Clark. I can still hit. I'm right-handed, but I hit left-handed to this day. Because, because I, will I, throw. I played Will, will Clark in the backyard playing wiffle ball, hitting left-handed all day long. and got pretty good at hitting left-handed. Um you know, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, Ronnie Lott. How can you not sure. fall in love with those teams? But it's John Taylor's touchdown catch in the Super Bowl against mm. the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that, that's it. It was the perfect age, the perfect time. Your team's winning Super Bowls. How could you not become a fan and fall in love with the sport of those teams? That's funny you brought that up because I hadn't thought of the other side of that because the Pirates won the, the World Series that year. That was We Are Family, Omar Mar I could tell you the whole lineup. Omar Marino led off. Phil Gardner was the second baseman. Pops, Willie Stargell was the star. Willie yeah. Parker or Dave Parker was hitting third. And I thought that was so cool. I'm like, my hometown has both champions. This is unbelievable. And Bradshaw and Stargell were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I'm like, wow, that's so cool. You know, yeah, the Pirates, the Pirates had some good teams in the 80s. They even they're had dead you know, to me. Don't talk Van Slyke era, too. There, uh, after that, they've been dead to me. I don't like, and to talk about they've them. been pretty lean since then. Yeah. Oh, they're like the worst organization I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> they make the Texans look good. I mean, it's, it's a sore spot, dude. What are your thoughts on? I think we've been asked this before, but the pirates always make me think of this. Um, because I have you watched the the documentary on uh the Wrexham Football Club with Ryan no. Reynolds and uh they bought a they bought a a Welsh soccer team, okay? And in in the professional soccer leagues, they have relegation where if you are the worst in your league, you go down basically to triple. Oh, I do know that. I love you that. You are the best team in triple A. You go up and you're a major league team. And um, especially with you, when you see teams like the pirates doing what they're doing, you know, oh. the Browns for so many years, the jets um, there's no minor leagues in football. I mean, you're not going to go into the sec, I guess, or something like that. Alabama gets called up to the NFL, but um, it, it brings us full circle to our conversation to start the show though. Right. With minor leagues, <laughs> with baseball, they have a full minor leagues and they could do this. Like I, I would you relegation would be yeah. so awesome. And it, it really is a cool thing for the sport in soccer or football. Um, yeah. And, and I love it. It would never happen with the owners of these, of pro, course, of course, right. pro franchises in, in America. But it's such an awesome idea, and that would be really funny to see all of a sudden the, I don't know what minor league team, the Altoona Curve gets called up to the majors and the Pittsburgh Pirates go down mm -hmm. to uh, to the minor leagues. And that's honestly what I think they are. They're the minor league team for the Red Sox and Yankees, and they draft yeah. high, and they develop a mm -hmm. guy for a couple of years. And as soon as he looks good, I'm like, oh, he'll be a great Yankee. you know. And I always make the joke when I'm in uh, Indianapolis for the combine every year, I walk right past the Indianapolis, whatever the heck they're called, stadium, which is a Pirates minor league team, going back to our earlier conversation. And there's Garrett Cole and McCutcheon on there. These are our stars. I'm like, well, they're, neither one of those are Pirates. I guess Cutch just resigned, but he stinks and it's old now. That's as much as I know about the team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how about the, I just, this just dawned on me. What about this for the NFL? NFL expands to two more teams, one AFC, one NFC, but they're minor league teams. And they play the they play the big teams. 
What's the advantage so, there? I'm a- every every um, every team plays one game against that extra squad, but they're NFL. They're an NFL team, so they're basically the Pittsburgh Pirates, right? And they're developing talent for the rest of the league. There's just two more rosters of developmental players, and every team has a you know. You hope you don't get beat by that team, but every team gets to to play that developmental squad once per year. And then at the end of the year, there's like a draft of that team from the player, from the other NFL squads. And then you build a new developmental team every mm-hmm. year, one in the AFC, one in the NFC. There's a way to have a little minor league action and also a way to uh, incorporate that into the NFL structure. I like the idea of somehow drafting from those teams. Other than that, you didn't sell me too well, I'll be mm-hmm. honest. <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking about like major league and you're peeling off uh pictures of the owner yeah right that same idea yeah the the pittsburgh pirates those uh the major league <laughs> what a great film, by the way Love yes that. all right we got to get That's out of right. here I think we're probably went a little too long on that <laughs> thanks everybody for all of your questions apologies if we did not get to yours but keep them coming you can drop them in the comments on youtube or on twitter at bd peacock at williamson nfl let's talk draft let's talk senior bowl prospects tomorrow and of course it's super bowl week next week and matt and i are with you every day right here peacock and williamson